0: welcome back to daily devoted my name is mishak canyon thank you for joining me on this podcast where we reflect on the kingdom of god on jesus discipleship and all things related to those subjects today we're continuing our mini-series through colossians chapter 3 verse 1 through 17 Uh, That's the passage of scripture that I began memorizing years ago, and I took upon the the discipline of scripture memorization. So we're just kind of looking through it to see what the Holy Spirit will teach us, what lessons come to mind so that, um, you know, the goal of memorization isn't just to memorize, but it's to bring uh, a new order before your mind so that you can think different thoughts and live in different ways. So that's really what we're hoping happens as we meditate. And we reflect on this passage of scripture. So yesterday I said we'd be continuing uh, or we'd be concluding this passage. But after I looked at verse 14, I was like, man, we got to we got to extend it Uh, two more episodes at least. So today we're just going to do verse 14. And if you remember uh, yesterday when we dealt with verses 12 and 13, Paul is telling us what to put on. We've been adopted into the family of God. And now we're putting on these different characteristics. We're learning to walk the way our heavenly father walks. And so some of the things we put on uh, are compassionate hearts, uh, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. We bear with one another. Now, listen to we forgive one another. I think I can't miss that. We forgive one another just as Christ has forgiven us. Now, listen to what verse 14 says above all these put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Now, love's a really popular word. It's a very popular word. But what does it mean? What does it mean? Well, when, when Paul refers to love, obviously, we go to 1 Corinthians 13. That's where he says, uh, you know, he talks about love the most uh, in everything that he has to say. But um, because I, I don't want to re- maybe I'll reflect on that passage uh, later on, but. Here's a definition of love that I think summarizes everything that Paul was saying. Love is a willingness to see the good come to pass in someone else's life. That's what love is. It's a will to good. It can be expressed romantically. It can be expressed through friendship. But even those expressions, you're just adding something else to love. If you remove the romantic aspect of love, where you feel a certain way uh, romantically for somebody, you still at the very essence have a will to do what's good for somebody else. So when we think about loving God, we think about doing what's good for God. Now that's, that's a thought right there. Have you ever thought about what is good for God today? If I want to love God, I have to think about what's good for God. Well, what can I do today with my own life that would be good for God? not good for me. Now, you can trust that if you do something good for God, it'll end up being good for you as well. But that's what love is at its core. It's a will to do good and a will for good things to happen to the other person. Now, obviously, we know from that definition that that kind of rubs against the uh, contemporary definition of love, because the contemporary definition of love is really closely rooted with desire, you know, love and desire go hand in hand that's why people talk about making love and when they talk about making love we all know what they're what they're referring to or what they're thinking about but love really love can can connect with desire but loves at its essence um, uh, isn't necessary to be attached to desire in order for it to be love indeed you can love somebody and do something that they don't like or you can love somebody And do something that you don't want to do for them because love is connected to the will not the emotions you know not the feelings but the will and sometimes people can love you while they're doing things to you that you don't particularly like as i was reflecting on this passage i thought about when i was in boot camp i joined the marine corps boot camp right out of high school and man i remember the first night we met our drill instructors These guys were crazy, man. They they were. I mean, there's about 78 of us in boot camp, ages 18 to I think 25 years old. I was an 18-year-old, and we're in our barracks. This is after 24 hours uh, of these drill instructors just killing us, man. I mean, in in your face all the time. Uh, I think the goal of the first phase of boot camp is to destabilize you. To kind of strip you of all the comforts, all the pride, all the ego that you have and really uh, strip you down to nothing so that they can build you up. Well, in the process of doing this, you see a lot of grown men who can't cope. You know, our first night there when we finally got to go to sleep. I kid you not, man, we're, we're in our barracks. Everyone's in their bunk bed and we're, we're laying there. Everyone's trying to go to sleep. And all you hear coming from around the barracks is sniffling as these grown men are crying. And they're crying because grown men have been yelling at us, telling us to move faster, telling us to shut up, calling us names. And, man, I remember, and I, I can't even lie, I was crying too. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted my mommy to come get me. But I, I remember laying there and thinking about all the grown men that I had seen kind of melt into the floor as these dr- drill instructors were getting on us. And I remember thinking to myself like, man, I'm so thankful that my parents prepared me for this moment. Because it was hard for me, but in that moment I knew that I could handle it. And it's because my parents raised me to face adversity, to face challenges, to figure out how to, how to be present, how to stand up for myself, and all those things. And the next morning when we had time to, to write a letter home to let our parents know that we've made it and what we're doing, I wrote them a letter just thanking them for not letting me do what I wanted to do, not letting me go hang out wherever I wanted to or with whomever I want, and giving me a disciplined and structured life. In, in short, I thanked them for loving me. I didn't see it as love when it was happening, but in that moment, I realized, man, my parents loved me so much. Why? Why? Because love is a will to do good. It's a will to do what's best for the other person, even if the other person doesn't like it. Now, obviously, that can be misconstrued, and it takes a lot of maturity to really walk in love uh, towards another person. But at its essence, that's what love is. It's a will to good. Well, in this passage, it says that love um, binds everything together in perfect harmony. Well, what's the everything it's referring to? Well, obviously, it's pointing back to the the things that Paul just told us to put on in verses 12 and 13. And here's how it binds everything together in perfect harmony. What what that essentially means is love brings out the best in those qualities that he just mentioned. So, for instance, love brings out the best in kindness, in humility, you know, in meekness, in patience. I mean, we've met people who've been kind because they have to. You know, it's, it's, like, uh, it's like sometimes sometimes we tell our kids to say please, and then they'll say it like this. Can you hand me the remote, please? Well, they're, they're being polite, you know, but it's not really with love. But when you're doing it with love, you know what I mean? It, it, it comes out a certain way. You have a, a genuine appreciation for the other person. Well, what about patience? If you go to the BMV, you will see patience illustrated uh, without any hint of love there. But when patience and love or when patience is made perfect by love, that's when you see someone able to suffer long because they really will what's best for the other person. So love is kind of like the thing that, you know, if you do something without love, you may be doing that thing in a characteristic kind of way. But when you do something with love now you're operating in kingdom territory that's why in galatians chapter 5 verse 22 paul says the fruit singular of the spirit is love and then he lists the rest of them joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control because love is the perfection of all those things it's like the belt that you wear or maybe you know i'm not really i don't have a great fashion sense but Some of you know that every now and again, you put on an outfit and then there's one piece. It might even be a small piece that uh, just completes everything. You know what I mean? That's what love is. It brings out the best in all of these characteristics that we're supposed to have. So that's why I wanted to treat it separately. I pray, sisters and brothers, that you walk in love, that you be made perfect in love. And the way to be made perfect in love isn't by going out and trying your best, but it's by pursuing Christ who is love, who is incarnate love for us. So God bless you as your life is saturated with love today.